Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Rob from Cigar Store Idiots. You may be asking yourself what Moonwalker Delta 8 is. Moonwalker is the industry leader in Delta 8 THC products, an emerging category pushing the boundaries of the cannabis plant. By expertly combining terpenes with complementary flavors, Moonwalker represents the absolute pinnacle of Delta 8 THC products, all engineered for pure bliss and joy. If you have any questions or concerns about the legality of Delta 8, please feel free to visit moonwalker.com backslash pages backslash legal. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Thank you, sir. May I have another? Thank you, sir. May I have another? God dang it. Welcome to another episode. Man, man you shut it off too early. I'll get my groove on. Cigar store idiots. I'm embarrassed. I was about to, was about to start throwing are. clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to floss with my sweatshirt. I mean, it was appropriate for the topic tonight. So, uh, My name is Arlo. <laughs> and you, sir, are. I am Andrew. We are missing Shep Dog and Edward tonight. Uh, Edward is a baseball coach for his son's little league team. And Shep Dog is actually having to work, recovering from 311 day. So <laughs> he drove through Nebraska and he, because we, we were messaging him, yeah. no, no response. He's yeah. like, sorry, man. Uh, there's no T Mobile service in, in Kansas and Nebraska. I just got service. I was like, dude, I was just making sure you was live to hell with the rest of it. Yeah. Again, I go to that whole thing saying, you know, the Taliban can order a pizza inside of a cave. Uh, but we can't drive across Nebraska and talk to somebody. Better yet, I can't zero get cell service sense. at my house. Yeah, I can't imagine sense. making that drive. It's I couldn't do sense. that. I would love to do Some it. Some people can, and evidently, he said he had no problem doing Man. it. But me, Well, I think I going just, out there, he needed the decompression time to kind of, with yeah. work and everything else. Now, that's the thing. When I get ready to come home, I want to be home. Right. I, I want to get there. Same here. Same yeah. here. Yeah, that's a... That's a bit far. I mean, even yeah. And I mean, what's so bad? Ten hours is tough for me. I can't imagine driving all the way across the country. What's so bad for me is like my wife had a situation where she had to work a couple of days at Tybee, or not Tybee, but uh, Amelia Island. So me and my son tagged along. It was only like three or four days. Well, I couldn't relax. I wasn't there long enough. Yeah. And so it was constantly, you know. So we went a couple of years later for a week, and about Wednesday, I was like, oh. and then fuck, we left on Friday. She's like, "What's it gonna take?" And I was like, uh, two weeks, but we ain't got that money." Yeah, <laughs> you said a, you said a million. Island? Nice. Yeah, I've been there. We I want a trip there through one of our suppliers. So uh, one of our suppliers, we stayed Ritz. at the Ritz. And man, I'm gonna tell you right now, <laughs> they do it right. I tell you right My now, <laughs> I, <laughs> I had no business being on that golf course. <laughs> and the only reason I was on it is because it was all paid for, and we were all we all the guys while all the guys went out golfing, the girls, your wives, got the spa spa treatment. Damn. Yeah. Dude, that place. What's funny about Amelia Island is you can drive around the island, and there's a dividing line. Here's where the money's at. Here's where the common folk live. <laughs> and, yeah. Like, we drove through Very one distinct. Night. Very like no, distinct. No, no. There's no, no mistake. If there was a railroad track, you'd be on the other side. But we drove through one night after we ate, and, uh, like, money everywhere. And then we got to the other side of the state park, and we're like, oh, yeah, this is our place over here. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being on a par three on that golf course thinking, and there was a house that sat really close to this par three. And the whole front of the house, of course, is glass mm-hmm. because it's beautiful. Because city. why not? Well, yeah. But 
they don't know that idiots like me are teeing off. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sitting there, and me and Jesus having a long talk. I'm Please, like, Lord, just, just eat. I can shank it, but just shank it right, Lord. Please don't let me hit this glass. It's the only straight shot I hit all day. Damn. No lie. No yeah. lie. The rest of the day, bang, bang, bang. Oh, I would have, I would, I would have launched one right through the living room. Oh, it probably. Was, it was terrifying. But I couldn't. But I was with all the guys. I couldn't just say, oh, I don't want to do this. You know? Yeah, chili I don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't feel good about this. No, I'm not going to do it. Cup. Put oh. all this change in your left pocket. Pull you. Yeah. Pull your right sock down. Turn yeah. your hat three quarters to the other side. I don't know, I man. Did it. I think not I, I wanted to. I think I would have just happy Gilmore the shit out of that thing. Where it goes? <laughs> yeah, where it goes. I was terrified, man. I could just see me taking out that window. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know that they've got to have like plexiglass or something. Surely it's got to be like stupid. hurricane force glass, look, probably. Man, look, yeah. man, you're you're living on the golf course right there at uh, at Amia Island, the golf course that runs right in front of the Ritz Hotel. He can afford to replace those windows. Yeah, I can, can assure you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you'd be all right. A couple of things happened uh, this past couple of days. I didn't think we were going to talk about that, but go ahead. Oh no, we're going to talk about <laughs> we're going to talk about Scott Hall dying, man. That's that's what I want to talk about. I'm going to tell you. I ain't something. talking about Freddie Freeman. I ain't talking about that motherfucker too much. I'm going to tell you something. Um, if y'all are not following D- Diamond Dallas Page and his DDP yoga tour up, you need to follow him. First of all, just a personal story. DDP yoga. My wife bought that. Five years ago. My wife did too. And she was working out. I was like, it can't be that hard. Well, I started doing it. Dude, I'm going to tell you something. It changed my life. Like, I lost 30 pounds. Yeah. And I was addicted. Yeah. And so I started following him. And y'all, Diamond is a great guy. He's a genuinely good dude. dude. And when he used to come on the radio a lot. He saved Jake the Snake's life. Yeah, Jake will tell you. Scott Hall's too. And Scott Hall. He he kidnapped them and just basically locked them down. Yeah. And uh, he's done a lot for a lot of professional wrestlers after they've retired. A lot of overweight people. Yes. Yeah. Is he still in Atlanta? Yes. Yeah, I thought he's sure still is. in Smyrna. Yep. And uh, he has those down there at Piedmont Park. He has DDP days and stuff like that. When um, uh, Death the Road Pathway, um, there was a three-minute video that Diamond did about uh, Dusty and um, – he kind of put in perspective what I think us growing up, kind of idolizing Dusty, or or seeing Dusty on TV, we kind of knew Dusty was a good guy. But Diamond kind of put it in the perspective of Dusty was so smart when it came to business, and uh, they became real good friends. And um, Dallas chokes up like two or three times. Well, by the end of the damn video, I'm like prom girl ugly crying at yeah. the end of it i mean it's heartfelt and and i can i'm not i cannot not this week because i had a shitty week <laughs> but this weekend i'm gonna watch the the tribute he did to scott hall yeah i mean it's dude he um a lot of people know this about scott hall before before he got into business he was a bouncer at a strip club yeah yeah he looks like a bouncer and club. he uh he killed a guy Shot oh, a guy shit. dead in a parking uh-huh. lot. Yeah, shot him. I think the guy was trying to he was trying to attack one of the girls yep. and he went out there to to uh, help her, yeah. And Scott he, Hall's a great, yeah. He, he ended up shooting man. a guy, but I, I think that was his. I think that's what happened to him, dude. He killed that guy. I don't think he was ever right. Ever no, since. he wasn't. And I, and in, in any interview, self medicate. Oh, it's a lot of pain in his eyes when he talks. He don't like to talk about. It. He didn't no. like to talk about it. So I think that was a lot of his pain. Where you know he, um, he probably used drugs and alcohol to dull, to it. dull it out. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he did. He killed a guy in a parking lot in a strip club. Was it in Florida? How long ago was that? I think uh, it was before in he ever started wrestling. Yeah, 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 yeah professionally. Yeah. I'd say early seventies, late seventies, yeah. maybe. Oh, that yeah. long ago. Yeah. But you know, he, I don't know how long he'd been wrestling. He he'd been on the indie circuit for a while, and then he had different. You know, before he was Razor Ramon, he done all these other type of uh, like characters. He was a tag team wrestler with Kurt Henning, if you can believe that. Wow. They were champions together uh, before like they were really anybody in the in the business, but. Um, but yeah, man, Scott Hall, he, he was kind of an innovator. Uh, he, um, uh, his, one of his character, his main character, what broke him was Razor Ramon, dude. And, uh, everybody loved the bad guy. And I think him and Shawn Michaels ladder match, which was the very first ladder match ever. Purple tights. Yeah. To go down is one of the, the greatest wrestling matches of all time. And, uh, what they say you can, uh, it's often duplicated. What imitated but it's never duplicated, yeah, and yeah. It never will be. And the yeah. thing is, you know, Shawn Michaels even said that there was they'd never catch that lightning in a bottle again. Yeah, it was the it was like uh, you know they were before their time. So, and then Hogan even I watched the thing Hogan did uh, last night. He went he's got a bar down in Florida, 
and he said that uh, he was at home and Hulk, he was broken down and Hulkamania was dead and nobody was talking about Hulk Hogan. And it was Scott Hall reached out to him and said, we got an idea. NWO. And he turned Hulk Hogan into Hollywood Hogan. So, and and they, he revived his career. The thing is, what's funny. Which he had no business wrestling again. Yeah, that's down there in Clearwater. So we went down there and stayed at Clearwater not, eh, that was a few years ago. Did y'all run into the Scientologists? You go right past that place. Good. Le- you literally go right past. Hey, don't get those motherfuckers on us. Yeah, you, you really, <laughs> Necronomapod's okay. They did a whole series on okay. them. We're okay. all right. Yeah. All right, I mean, you, <laughs> you, go right pla- you go right past that church, that humongous church right there. But. Anyway, so if you you go around to, if you take a ride at the roundabout, once you get on there, there's a little shopping center there on the right, and evidently Hogan owns it. I guess I don't know, probably. But there's a huge, I think it's pretty big. It was a as a Hogan statue out front of the shopping center. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, but yeah. you know that's the thing. I think he owns it. Like, I would like to see Triple H because I know it's probably hit Triple H pretty oh, hard. Oh yeah, too. he hadn't he hadn't made no, a he's statement not made yet. Any statements yet? And and, and, yeah. and that's the thing, y'all. You know. And I read Stone Cold's book when it first came out, and um, he was talking about how he loved to play the heel, and all of those guys love to play that's the, the heel. best part. Yeah, because yeah. you ha- and that's what he said. He said, you know, there's no you ain't got to worry about it. And um, and he he referenced Scott Hall and the NWO and stuff like that. And he said, man, it was so hard for me to go out there and be the good guy, and I wanted to be part of it. Yeah. He said, but he said, you know, he idolizes those guys and. You know, Broken Skull, he's got his own podcast, and, and I've not heard from Stone Cold either. I mean, yeah, he hadn't made a statement. So, And then Kevin Nash, he, he made a statement right before they put him off, put him off life support, and he's just he's his best friend. He said, I'll never love another human being as much as I love Scott Hall. You know, and uh, it's sad, man. It's sad. The guy, he lived uh, he lived a few life, uh, lifetimes in that one body. He did, and, and this kind of strikes a chord. There was a situation a couple of weeks ago where a guy I went to high school with, you know, had battled some demons and and was looking at the other side of a divorce and chose to uh, not do the right thing. Um, but people, you know, I, it's such a cliche now because mental health is such a hot topic but and if you're a man you can't talk about it no and we've been it's been you know that's we we scrutinized for talking about your mental health and the thing is i when i found out what happened i i reached out to some close friends of mine and i was like look you know i know we ain't talked in a while but you ever get to this point and you can't call me yeah call somebody please god please call somebody and you know i i've had conversations with kids teaching um I even had the same conversation with mine. You know, that's a that's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Right. I mean, what you think is the gutter is not the gutter. Oh, mm-hmm. no. And it only takes a day, two days a week, and things turn around. Yeah. And and and, and I go back, and, and again, this is cliche, but I go back to that Rocky quote. You know, nothing is going to hit you like life. Right. It's going to beat you down. I mean, beat you down. And the... the tale of a good man is it's not how hard you can throw a punch it's how hard you can take a punch and life's gonna just beat the brakes off of yeah and there's been many a times where i just want to curl up in a bed you know and just (laughs) the hell with this i ain't dealing with life today but that's the thing though and like you said rob you know it's you can't talk about it and and it's a it's a weakness if you show well even if it it is a weakness uh well it's portrayed as a weakness weakness but or a but I don't think anybody really cares either about men's health. It's not just that nobody. No, it's not addressed. It's not. It's not on the no, forefront. No, hell, of it's, anything it's that's not. Important. If five biological men can win women of the year, what the fuck? Well, that's why we die of heart attacks, though. Yeah, that's yeah, why, yeah, yeah. Because you hold it in. Yeah. That's why we. That's why men die of heart attacks. I'll say this, and this is like, God dang, I'm, I'm like, and this is real. It's real. You know, it's real shit for me and. I didn't used to be real sympathetic with people that committed suicide just for the simple fact that we, um, you know, I always was like, you know, you harden the fuck up. You got to get on with your life. You you know, something's bad. You just got to keep moving on for it. But I, I really, truly think that we, that people get tired. They just get so tired. They get tired of getting fucking held down or their job shitting on them or being or in a bad relationship or, or they're in pain. They just, yeah. Or pain. Like, you know, a lot of people don't have sympathy for Kurt Cobain to make jokes about it or whatever, but that guy was in pain ever since he was a little kid. But, uh, who was the NASCAR driver? That, that, I don't 
Yeah, I, don't I know, know who you're talking about. I can't think he, his name. He uh, was living in pain and eventually said, you know. Enough. Yeah, it happens. I mean, there was a point in my life which was not too fucking far far away not too long ago. Um, I had uh, had a lot of money in the bank. Had uh, I was living in Florida after a storm, and uh, I was so unhappy. Like I, I just, I just, I felt empty. I didn't really like. I've got two kids that I love like more than anything in the world, and that's why I'm still alive. I'll just be honest with you, but. There was a day, I mean, we just, I just had a, just a bunch of bad shit going on back to back to back to back. And, uh, and I, and I laid and I had planned to, and this is fucking crazy. I'm about to say this, but it's real. I was going to buy a raft at, uh, one of the, you know, Walmarts or whatever. And I was going to get a bottle of liquor and I was going to get some pills and I was going to take my handgun and I was going to go to the beach at night and paddle myself out to where I knew I couldn't swim back. And then I was going to cut a hole in the raft and I knew I would drown if I didn't shoot myself. And that's, I don't want to, I don't want to die either one of those. And that's, and that's, and that's, that was my pro. That was my, where my head was. This is in such a bad head space. And here's the thing, Uh, men. Well, at least, at least you talked it out in your head. Yeah. I mean, and I had a conversation with my kids and that's why, you know, and I came home. You know, I think I that's the home. other thing. Like, I don't do I don't do good with idle time. I, right. It doesn't do good. It doesn't do well for me. I've been in situations, and I think a lot of men are not. I don't wouldn't say self confident or braggadocious, but I was in a situation when I was about sixteen, seventeen. The only thing that kept me from riding the lightning was. Uh, my aunt, out of the blue, we have a, re- a great relationship. Um, out of the blue one day, she just I happened to be at home, and she came over for something. My mom was going to leave or something. And I don't know if she felt something, but she looked at me, and she goes, Hey. She goes, You all right? And I was like, Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm all right. She goes, I know there was a whole bunch of shit going on. I had kind of disappointed my parents. Nothing tremendous, but I... But to you, it was it, it was, was a big a thing because I disappointed yeah, my parents. My sure. parents worked their ass off to give us what we had, yeah. and a lot of people would see us on the upper side. I mean, I just know what my parents sacrificed, uh-huh. and so you know, I was like you. I mean, I had a plan, I had everything, and and she goes, "Look, man," she said, "It's gonna get better, and you're gonna do great things, and I love you to death." Yeah, and I cannot imagine. Not seeing you to your fullest potential. She left, and I went in the bathroom and cried like a baby, and kind of pulled myself up from the bootstraps. But you know, and I don't tell that that story often. But the thing is, I think as men, we've all reached a point where that would have been the next step. We may not have like mentalized it, verbalized it, but I think a lot of people have been there. I know. Some of my friends have gone through divorces and stuff and felt like it was their fault and stuff like that, and it wasn't, and and they were in a hard spot with their life. But, you know, it, I saw a great thing just recently. You know, I prayed for wisdom. I prayed for strength, and you gave me more problems. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, it was a whole thing. I prayed for this, and you gave me this. It was yeah. the opposite. At the end of it, you know, it's – it's kind of like whatever you believe in, you know, God, Buddha, whatever. Uh, the higher power says, I don't give my hardest challenges to my weakest people. Right. I give those to you so that you come out better and you, you come out stronger. And there's a lot of things that have gone on. And I think that's the other thing. You don't know what men have dealt with. I had, you know, and I've dealt with, a. I personally have dealt with a lot of shit that only me and my wife know about that we've kept. You know, just between us, and there's, you know, there's some dark fucking times oh, yeah, out there, man. And just, I think, being more compassionate to, like, and we had this conversation a couple of episodes back about the church. Um, I appreciate the guys that are in that profession that for check, the right reasons that check on me when it's not beneficial to them. Yeah, yeah. because I know that's genuine. All right. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't want the suit and tie 
to come over there and we missed you at church today in front of God and everybody. Yeah, just embarrass I want you. somebody to come over. Up. Yeah, I want somebody to come over and go, hey, man, we missed you. Everything all right? You know, what's going on? I heard through the grapevine this. Is that true or not? That's the thing. That's the kind of things that you need to kind of validate what's going on. So, I mean. I had uh, that in that situation when I was down in Florida that was staying with a friend of mine's son, which he's my friend too, and. I was actually working with them, and I mean, I was just was fucked up, man. I was just in such a bad headspace, and I, I I didn't know why. I didn't know why. I mean, how could I be down? You know, I don't know if it was dealing with people that had uh, that lost everything every day is what I was dealing with, and I had, I mean, I you know, relationship I was in, uh, whatever that was, was not good, and then I was away from my kids, but uh, but my friend, um, we went to dinner. He 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 and I went to go get something to eat, and he lost a son when I, I don't know how old his son was. I, I want to say he was a teenager, uh, maybe barely twenty. But he had an automobile accident and it killed him. And uh, so his other son, they were best friends, like they were best friends. And then there's a lot of pain there with that with that situation. And I remember sitting there and sitting across from him and. He just and I said I I just feel so bad I've came down here and you know I haven't really generated any any money at anything you know because the the part of Florida where we were trying to work wouldn't get us would not allow us to pull a permit to do any jobs over there I'd sold jobs but I couldn't pull permits to put the roofs on and I just felt terrible about it and he had had a conversation with me he's like and you don't understand he goes you being down here for for, for that, yeah, he said, but you was here for, I feel like you was here for another reason too because my son needed somebody here with him. And then he, you know, he started talking about his son that passed away in the car wreck and uh, he got really emotional. And then when I left out of there, I was like, I had to call my kids. I wanted to call them, talk to both of them. And, uh, and I remember thinking, man, how dare... You know, I sit there across from somebody that lost some lost a child, and uh, how dare you, you be so selfish? How, yeah, how could I do that to my own parents and my own kids? You know, how could I do that? But uh, but that darkness it creeps up on me, man. It just it just comes up. I don't. I try to stay mentally positive. I try to do things. I try to be helpful to people when I can, and do things. You know, I always try to do the right things, and it. But it just it's like it just fucking creeps up on me. You know, I don't, I don't, it comes out of nowhere. Well, yeah. And, and, and sometimes it's, it's, it's to no fault of your own. Like I lost a parent in August and I lost my, another, I lost my other parent in November. So it was like, bam, August and bam, November. Yeah, dude. I, Man, I, I'm I went, telling you right now. I went now, through some rough times. Yeah. Dude. I was fucking feeling for you. Yeah. I didn't even know how to I'm yeah, talking to you about it. And that's the thing. Cause we can't empathize. We, because we still, but. At the same time, I don't know what to say. No, yeah. there's nothing you can say. That's just it. And and there's nothing you can do about it. And I think just – I remember one evening we mm. recorded the three of us, and I think – I felt it, dude. Yeah, like, I, I think just felt it. You had been in here, and after we got through, you looked at both of us and said, man, I needed that tonight. Yeah, and I, I think, did. And that's the thing. I remember that night. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, that's the too. thing. There's a lot of times – and I've got some friends like that. Like, I could call some – some people and and thank god my brother's one of them um but i can call a couple of people and just be like look man i don't need any judgment i just need you to listen i don't i mean you don't yeah. have to say a damn word i just need to get this off my chest and shep's one of those guys yeah and the thing is i i, I feel like this whole thing with scott hall scott found somebody in diamond and some yeah. other people that didn't judge listened and kind of reaffirmed, hey man, you're here for a reason. You're here for you're here. You survived all of this. You you have persevered through everything that's been stacked against you for a reason. And I go back, here's what I go back to, and this is kind of cliche, but Rick Burgess lost a son, a young son. At the time he lost him, my son was the same age. I think he was four. And the Rick was doing a men's conference in Gatlinburg. The son was staying with grandparents. Somehow the son got out of the bedroom, got out of the door of the house, and drowned in the pool. Oh, man. And he mm. did, yeah. And so Rick's having to deal with that. He flies home to Birmingham. He has to deal with that. 
his wife's a mess, the parents are a mess. And so at the wake, they asked Rick to talk, and Rick says, and you can look this up on Rick and Bubba. It's still out there. I think it's on YouTube as well. And it, it is probably one of the most heartfelt things that I've ever seen a man talk about his son. They nicknamed him Cornbread when he was a kid. He was like two, and he wouldn't eat nothing. And so they were at some kind of country restaurant, and he goes, to heck with him. He just pitched off a piece of cornbread, and he just ate it. He goes, that boy ate four pounds of cornbread that day. And he said, from <laughs> that day on, he was cornbread. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so he calls him cornbread, and Rick, after the, after he talks at the eulogy, he goes and sits down, and, and he's – He's reliving this on the Rick and Bubba show, and he says, and he looks at uh, Bubba, and he said, Bubba, he said, to be honest with you, I remember sitting in the audience. He said, I remember the preacher looking at me saying, it's time for you to come up here. And he said, and God just took over. He said, and that was heartfelt. And he said, here's the thing. He said, could I be mad at God? Oh, yeah. He said, for every sure. Day, he for said, sure. every day I could, I could cuss him for everything it's worth. He said, but you know how many people have dedicated their lives because of cornbread? And my story that I gave, he said, it's astronomical. He said, I'm not even going to attempt to put a figure on it. He said, and that right there, that's why cornbread's up there waiting on me. Right. And and I feel like— How did he pass again, you said? He drowned. That's right. He, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. It's terrible. It's a terrible that's, situation. That and, and, and the guilt that is associated with the, the parents in that situation, and that's the thing that Rick kind of conveyed. He was like, you know, first and foremost, I tried to convey to them— Hey, it could have easily happened to us. He oh, could yeah. have snuck out of his own room. It's not your fault. You didn't right. do it. But there's no way to convince someone of that. But I think it goes back to having that network, and I don't necessarily mean family, because a lot of times you don't need family to hear what's going on. This is true. <laughs> I think well, you need someone impartial. It the would problem almost, with family is they start inputting their ideas. If, yeah. you, if, you go, if you go to them with issues, they start telling you how to do it. Sometimes a friend will just listen. Right. Well, and I think that's the correlation I was trying to to bring for this whole thing is I can't empathize with Rick, but the message got through to me. I couldn't empathize with you that night, yeah. but I felt like for an hour you were able to put that aside, and I think that's what you needed. Man, it was. And there was nothing that I could have said that would have done no. any better for that. And, and, and I didn't expect anybody to say anything because they – I mean, I've been there when, when, when friends of mine have lost parents, and you really don't know what to say. And you know, there's two of them kind of within what? A month of each other. Well, August and November. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. August and November. But yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It it got pretty. Yeah, it was dark. It was rough, man. Yeah. It was rough. But the thing is, I I think. And it's weird. And both of you both, I know you have both your parents. Mm -hmm. You still have both your parents. It's really weird. It's a very strange feeling. And I had this conversation with Kelly the other night of being on this planet and they're not being a not you don't have a parent yeah. around anymore. Your your number one fan is no longer on this earth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I'm at right now. My parents are at that age where every time I get to spend with them is make it count. Yeah, and I had an opportunity. I'm probably shared this on a previous podcast, but I had an opportunity when my grandmother she kind of had dementia and so we had to put her in a home and my granddad was by himself and so I had the opportunity to uh spend weekend you know saturday or sunday with him and um newlyweds and i told my wife look this can't be a deal breaker i've got to go this is three hours out of the day i'm not gonna be here and she was fine and thank god she was fine with it and uh we would go and so i talked to my dad i was like hey you think pop would want to go to a braves game and he's like yeah you know i'll try to fill him out and so about three weeks passed and i go over there and it's i don't know hell july First of July, and we're sitting there watching Braves, and he kind of looks at me, and he goes, hey. He goes, you enjoying the game? And I was like, yeah. He said, air conditioning feels good, doesn't it? And I was like, yeah, man, it's hot as heck outside. <laughs> I had no idea where he was going. And uh, It sounds like my dad. <laughs> yeah. He said, I love the Braves, too. He said, but there ain't nothing beats this rocking chair, that air conditioning, and I can pee when I want to. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I looked at him. I said, Pop, I understand what Fair you're trying enough. to say. And you ain't yeah. got to be surrounded by a bunch of people. Right. Yeah. And it, and unspoken, Yeah. the message was, I appreciate what you wanted to do, but don't. Don't, don't waste I, your money. Yeah. Cause that, that, and that's the thing. I wouldn't change any of those days I spent with him 
and we talked about nothing. Right, mm-hmm. right. In the grand scheme of things, we talked about nothing. I'll go see my parents on Sundays now, and uh, my brother goes on Saturdays, and I go on Sundays, and and I get so frustrated with them when it comes to certain things, and I'll get about a half a mile down <laughs> yeah. the road, and I'm like, you know what? What does it matter? It don't matter. It don't. I learned that with my mom as she got. I'm in, going through that now. Yeah. Well, I got that when uh, when my mom started, when you started realizing uh, she's not doing good, you know. Now, this is like a year back even. All those, you know, all those things that drove you crazy, they don't really matter. And, and No, they and, don't. And, and, and That's I, what's funny. And I would stay on her ass about stuff. Yeah. Just to stay on her ass about That's shit. The way I am you know right what now. I mean? Yeah. It's like, and, and, and it was for her best. It was for her best, but she's kind of like, you know what? I'm dying. Will you just leave me alone? And I get it. And the only thing I was an asshole about was her flip-flops. I said, stop wearing flip-flops. I said, you can't take another fall. Yeah. So come to find out, I found out later she would hide her flip-flops <laughs> in her room. <laughs> she would hide them. And, like, Kelly or my daughter would go over to the house, and she'd tell them, don't tell him I've got the, I'm wearing these flip-flops. Do not, t- <laughs> do not tell him I'm wearing these flip-flops because I get in her ass about it. Yeah. I said she broke her first hip. She fell wearing flip flops. Yeah. I said, "Mom, at your age, you gotta you gotta let go of the flip flops. You're not you're gonna trip over them like you did before." But she just, you know, she's stubborn as hell. Yeah, well, and see, stubborn till the day she died. That's the thing. My dad cannot stand the fact that my mom, at seventy years old, actually she's seventy one, um, she can't sit still, and she's got a replaced hip, a new knee. She's looking at having another new knee, and she's out there. I showed up Sunday. It's blowing. She's out there. Just with a leaf blower, like blowing this patch of grass. And, and you're looked, like, what are you doing? I looked at my yeah. dad and he goes, don't ask. <laughs> She's happy. She's happy. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's the the little things like that. It's that whole connection where, yeah, yeah. hey, mom, give me the belief blower. No, let her do it, man. Yeah. Let her do it. Let her do it. And I think that's the thing, though. You know, this is kind of turned with Scott Hall, but I mean, I think that the, the underlying message here is – you don't know. So make the best of every single yeah. better. And you the, better. Because once the, it's gone, it's, and I know everybody says it, but. No, it's, it's so cliche. It's not. It's the fucking facts. It's, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's just so different without, yeah. without parents around. It's well, just so different. The you only correlation I can make is with my granddad. My granddad knew a little bit about a lot. Yeah. And so I could call him. Hey, he'd come over and he's like. And I was like, I can't get the seal on this sink. He goes, well, you dumbass, that ain't copper, that's plastic. Well, that's fine. <laughs> that's <laughs> a lot so of knowledge. It is, and, that, and and that's the thing. I love those little little things that and – and the correlation I'm trying to make is I feel like right now I still have that ability to call my dad. Hey, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to do this. What do you think? And there's going to be a day I'm going to pick that phone up. I did I'm gonna dial, I'm gonna dial that number, and it's just gonna ring, and it, it's gonna be a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, yeah, man. It was, hard it, it, was, it was tough because there toward the end, I would have to check on my mom every night on, a, on when I'm driving back in, back into Rome. And there was many times where I would, I'd, you know, I'd be going to get her dinner, or I'd stop to go get her prescription, whatever she needed, I'd do on the way home. And man, there was many days after she passed, I reached over and grabbed my phone to dial her, and I'd, check set, it, I'd set it back down. Like, damn it, there's nobody check on. Well, one good thing I can say, uh, the company you work for was really good to you. Yeah, yeah they I did. I won't go a lot in. of companies will not, yeah, yeah, but they're good to you, man. Yeah, they were very good. I'm, yeah. I'm super impressed the way, yeah, me too. They did. I won't go into detail everything they did for me, but uh, let's just say above me on, yeah, no Absolutely doubt. Well, it's on. one of those where it kind of reaffirms why you're still there. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Yeah, I couldn't ask for a better support from the company I work for. I guess the other thing too to take to take from it is, uh, man, when people are going through some shit, you don't know. So you, I mean, be sympathetic you at some man. some point. You have no idea what's going on in somebody's life. I had that thought on the way to the hospital a couple of times when I knew it was over the end. I, it's weird. I know this is weird, but it's but it's a but it's a thought I had. I'd be sitting in at a red light, and I'd look over and see people around me. And I would think to myself, I don't know why I thought this, but I thought to myself, these people don't know that my mom's dying. Yeah. And the thing is. Isn't that weird? It, it, is, it, it is, but it's it just, is, but you're it, just it, trying to process it. But the thing is, I think 
as connected as society is, we're disconnected in that sense. We are, and it get, it's getting worse every it is. day. It's getting worse, it's getting worse every day. Yeah. I think you know the the times when we grew up. I would, I don't, I do not wish I had grown up at any other time. Seriously, um, but there was a a thing when I was growing up where. People looked out for each other, and I and, and it's still there. And I told the story about the young man in Mississippi slash Alabama who didn't know me from Adam and treated me like family. He had no business. He could have raked me over the call, coals with my truck. He could have charged me four hundred dollars, and I had didn't to have pay a choice. Yeah. No, yeah, he charged me forty bucks. That was a cool story too. And and the thing is, I as grim as the world is, if you turn the news on, there's still good people out there. Yeah. There's still people out there that do the right thing. And, and, and I, I expressed this, I can, I think a couple of weeks ago, my son, he's got a huge heart about, um, helping people. And I, I want to keep him safe, but I don't want to stifle that at the same time. Yeah. You know, he, he texted me last week. We were recording. Where's the jumper cables? I, if they're not in the truck, they're in your mama's car. <laughs> Oops. Well, there's a lady here that needs a jump, and I'm going to see if they're here. Well, some guys showed up, and they're going to jump her off. I'm going to head home. He's 16 years old. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted to go, man, she could be a damn crack addict, meth head, and she's going to kill you and take you in some <laughs> damn street. Got, or she's got somebody in the car right. waiting yeah. for you to come over right. there. Yeah. Yeah, and, that's, yeah. And my thing is. I watch too much TV. Yeah, that's the thing. The thing is, you I know. I saw this on the ID channel. Get the fuck out of there. He was doing the right thing. Yeah, he was. He did right. the right thing. Right, he did. And so, you know, the, you, you try to foster it, but make him cautious. Mm-hmm. And it's a fine line. It but is. I think there's a lot more good people in the world Amen. than bad people. Amen. But, but the bad people are really loud. Yeah, they And are. they get the spotlight. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They're loud. They're they get, very they, loud. They're, they, they, they're not ashamed to... Be loud about it. They want their 15 minutes. And the loudness is not necessarily the majority. No. no, no, no but no, you're no. led to believe it is. Yes, you are. You are. You are led to believe a lot of things that are not true. And I think one thing that I've tried to foster in him is, and we say this all the time on our podcasts, do your own research. Don't take what we tell you for the gospel. I mean, go out there and do your own research. Send us, tell us we're wrong. This you're wrong because of this. I love those. Yeah, I love those comments. Yeah. So just be mindful, man. Be mindful of your people. Be good to each other, and you know, and check check on your people. You just don't ever know what's going on, man. You don't. You don't know what's happening to people. Even like I said, even the person sitting beside you in traffic, you have no idea that person could be going to the hospital to mm -hmm. disconnect something. Yeah, they may have cut you off because they're trying to get to the hospital. Yep. Right. Right. Now that's the that's the biggest thing, and you know it, that what's funny was I've had a a horrible week, um, and it's only Wednesday. And, <laughs> I and, know I'm like shit. We got two more days to go. And yesterday, you know, it just it it was a snowball effect, and so I had had plans, and so my wife and and son were going to eat, and they'd been gone about ten minutes, and all hell breaks loose. What I was working on disappeared, deleted. It's not there. I spent two hours. It's gone. I got emails running out my ears. Shit goes sideways. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go have a beer. And I sat there and drank a beer and just as calm as I could be. And I was like, you know, a couple of years ago, I would be ripping <laughs> damn windows out of the house. Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> Like, what's he doing with that stop sign? <laughs> He's beating his mailbox with a stop sign. <laughs> yep. Man, we had a whole podcast planned. <laughs> and, and if you want to know why we were playing It's Raining Men, we was going to do a Chippendale story, but I think we're going to save that one for another day. We can get it later. Yeah, we can do it later. It don't matter. Yeah. I mean, we can tie it into it because there's some dark shit, man. Yeah, this can be a long one. It's it not a real it, it could be. And it's not a real long story. It could yeah. be. It's up to you. That's a... Uh, well, since we started, we let we last left off in Florida <laughs> with Hulk Hogan. Oh yeah, that's where we went with that's that. That's where we were. That's let's, where we started. Woo. Let's go on back to Florida right now. <laughs> on today's what Florida? Florida woman arrested for walking into a stranger's home, undressing. And hugging multiple people. Hey, here's the thing. Have you noticed there's an underlying current in our Florida man stories? There's a lot of naked Nudity. men. This is a woman. 
Oh, well, even yeah, better. Even weirder. Yeah. She a, just wanted a hug. <laughs> a Florida woman was arrested Sunday after she entered a stranger's home, took all her clothes off, and began hugging, uh, hugging, hugging, hugging multiple people. Heather Cruz, 35, from, uh, looks like Dunham, what is that? Dunalan, yeah, said yeah. she entered the property in Citrus County through a sliding door, exposing herself and grabbing and hugging the homeowner. Number one, Cruz reportedly sat on the laps of two of the homeowner, home's residents. Wow. Um, Unexpected she, lap she, dance. She did this after taking her clothes off. Uh, she told the victims, several who were over the age of 65, you like it, don't you? <laughs> well. I mean, yeah, of course I do. Well. Uh, people who live there tried to get Cruz out. They attempted to remove her by escorting escorting her to the front door. Oh, yeah. While she was still sh- still naked. Uh, however, then she allegedly grabbed another man's testicles and made lewd remarks. Okay, here's how that went. Here's how that went. The wife's like, you better get out of here, bitch. And the guy's like, you need to go. We need to help her. We, you, you need we should help her. You need to go. She's naked. Let's help her. So are you not going to make her leave? Yeah, I'm telling, I'm gonna her, take I'm her, telling her to leave. I'm going to take her to the leave. back you and to, find her something to put on, honey. <laughs> yeah. Hey, baby, you grab her clothes. I'm just going to walk her to the front. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever played Tuning in Tokyo? <laughs> She's like, yeah, and grab both nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how I played. It. That's not what the. That's not how it went when I played it. <laughs> Police finally arrived on the situation. Uh, they ordered her to put her clothes back on, and she resisted and had to be handcuffed and put in the back of the police car. Well, shit. She just wanted to be naked. When police tried to close the car door, she allegedly kicked at an officer. Oh, she actually kicked the officer in the chest. Oh, She idea. was then moved to another patrol car and. Re- Repeatedly kicked a second officer in the chest. Bad idea. She is now facing charges of assault. She and ride lightning. She should have rode the lightning. She should have naked. It's, you know what? It's okay. She might have been riding naked. some door sales. You can get naked and get in somebody's house and give unexpected lap dances, but you start kicking a cop, your day's done. She's been charged with batter, three counts of battery on persons of sixty-five age, uh, the years of sixty-five or older. Two counts of battery on law enforcement and one resisting arrest uh, with violence. In addition, she is facing a count of burglary with battery, exposure of sexual organs. I didn't know that was a charge. Burglary? What was she trying to take? <laughs> a hamburger? Virginity? And battery. Uh, she is being held on a $48,000 bond Damn. at Citrus County was Detention the cops, Facility. Yeah. Well, that's what I was about to say. The old boy that got naked on the trampoline, his was not but about four grand. Yeah, it was... Yeah. She kicked two she different kicked, cops. Yeah, and she twisted Grandpa's genitals. Well, that's I mean, true. that's two... That's that's two right there. That's $20,000 a nut. If, Eight grand for the cops. If, four piece. If we investigate, yeah, man, it's bad. did the old man coax her into twisting his testicles? Look, honey, it's been a while. Just reach down there and grab it. Just touch it. No, further, further down, further down. Yep, right there, past my knee, right there. You got it. Could you it. imagine? Those two grapefruits. Look at this shit. So could you imagine <laughs> be sitting in your living room and Speak a naked... yourself, boy, those are limes. A naked chick crawls into your damn window. A naked chick. Now, you're just sitting there watching, you're just sitting there watching Justified. Should I say I've... Fantasized about a part it? of something like this? <laughs> naked chick, naked chick, you don't know. I knew her. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, I know a guy that knew a girl that handcuffed him to a bed, and he had to run through the quad at West Georgia handcuffed to a bed frame. But, I mean, look, I was a, look. I had an apartment with my cousin. We had two of my cousins and two of our friends. Just back when you had a relationship with your cousin? Yeah. Yeah. So I came home from work. <laughs> One thing led to another. Look, I came home from work. <laughs> cousin fucker. And there was a girl there that we knew, uh, that we all knew we went to high school with. I'll was tell you her name later. She was naked. She had no clothes on. Was she was she? dancing in my apartment. When oh. you showed up. When I showed up, I walked in and there's, like, there's a naked girl. Somebody didn't call me that the nope. party already started? Nope. Completely nope. naked. I didn't want to see it because oh, it wasn't gotcha. it was not something I wanted to look at. And so uh, she may have said for $10, I'll do some, some kind of dance. And I said, how about I just give you $10 and you put your clothes back on and get the fuck out of my apartment? Yeah. And uh, she cried and left. And everybody was mad at me because I was about, what are you doing? You hurt her feelings. Well, you did so, you, you did away with the show. And I did. I did. I'm like, what is wrong with y'all? Why do y'all even 
want to see that. <laughs> what the hell is the matter with y'all? I can't so, judge because I don't know who it is yet. I'll tell you later. So, but yeah, so uh, apparently getting naked in people's houses and apartments and shit is a thing. So, oh my God. We got a GI, we got a Cobra down. Oh, Cobra no. down. No, it's okay. I got to put this. I actually shit thought up. it was one of those drinks over there. So, so what? One of them's not very good. I understand. I sent, yeah. If you like nitro brew, uh, Starbucks nitro brew, something's wrong with you. Like mentally, <laughs> you need to seek therapy. You need to seek therapy because it tastes terrible. The other one, on the other hand, the other one that we got a, we got a monster, uh, cold blue, sweet black flavor. And thank you, Brian one, Wilson. Yeah, thank you, Brian Wilson. And we also had a latte. Yep. Uh, those were great. Those were really good. They so. were fantastic. They were the, uh, it's the new monster uh, nitro brews. Yeah. Are they out yet? I don't think so. Because, Ooh, because I, exclusively. I, just sent, I just sent him a text that said, uh, we love them. Yeah, they he were said, good. He said, I'll see if I can get you more samples once Hell they come out. Yeah. So evidently they're not out yet. Yeah, that's exciting. They're good, man. Good stuff. So they're thank good. you, Brian. I appreciate you, buddy. Let's get into the night's topic. Uh, since we, we've been talking about some feel good stories, um, let's go inside the Chippendales murder and the horrific crimes of Steve Banerjee. Not David Banner or the Bee Gees, Steve Banerjee. Banerjee. Uh, he Ch- was an American Indian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was one of the founders. Of, actually, he was the founder of the Chippendales. Uh, and he was so obsessed about protecting the the troop, as they called it, uh, it turned to murder and arson in order to do so. If you were a... He uh, was a bad dude. Yeah, he was. And if you were... He was in L.A. at the time. Yep. And if you were competition for him, that was not good for you. No. Because he would burn your shit down. Yeah. On two occasions, he firebombed... Uh, the Red Onion, and what was the other one? Something oh, disco? It? Yeah, something or, disco. It was a disco joint. And yeah, he had a disco joint. He would he would have, the, like, the owners. Did it read? Are did, we talking about Steve? Yeah. Steve Banerjee, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did y'all know that he grew up in Mumbai? He was, yeah, he, okay, so he, he began what, his life in in Bombay in the late okay, 40s. Okay, so he was not American Indian. No, yeah, he's a he was a transplant. Yeah. He was from India. Yeah. Yeah, India. See, like, I, I didn't, I, I couldn't tell by the picture. It just said Indian, and I couldn't from the picture they showed. You couldn't tell. It was yeah. A, he came not a good picture. He actually came into Canada. He's dead and, sexy. Yeah, he is. He was not dancing. Let's just say no, that. No, 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 no. He came in through Canada, and uh, he was an entrepreneur looking to make millions. Mm, and he did. By God, he, he did. He had a good idea because it was a great idea. Yeah, he had a great idea. He he actually, uh, since the whole uh, male dancing thing was a new craze and the ladies' nights in Los Angeles were huge, yep. uh, he actually he had, had a gas station and he took those funds from the gas station that he had bought and ran, and he bought this old beat-up club, which he had uh, started having exotic male dancers, and the name of it was Chippendales. And that's how it actually got started. Yeah, and they came out, this was 79, they came out in G-strings and a bow tie. The most iconic strip club ever. I mean, shit, who ain't doing that now? Uh, Fellas, y'all better get on board. I don't have the bow tie, but. Mm. (laughs) I use a bolo. Turquoise. Turquoise. Speaking of which, <laughs> we did a, an episode about an episode the Watcher House in New Jersey. What is and that? I, you'll have to listen to it. Oh, I mean, Mysterious I'm, Bruce. Oh, oh, check oh, that I, out. I see what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's a creepy ass story, and so we, I put it out. Our lovely listener that that listens to both of our podcasts, um, Down Under. Yeah, she sent me. A whole page of messages, and she's like, "Hey, this is not as rare as you think it is. My dad's been re- receiving letters for like ten years." I'm like, "What?" So there may be a whole another episode just on Cody's father. Oh well, I'm in for that. So y'all go reach out to Mysterious Brews on your uh, platform and listen to episode 128. Yeah, I definitely I will. Want to hear that. I will. I definitely want to hear that. Um, so. This guy, he, he had this vision. He started this club. It was super successful. And he wanted to grow this thing, and he wanted to go nationwide with it. So he was trying to get a club in New York. Was it Vegas was another one? 
Uh, and then it seems like there was another location. So big metropolitan. New York. New York. Yeah, yeah big because, metropolitan cities. Uh, what was it? Studio 54. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, was, was he was cutting into their profits. Yeah, he yeah. was. Yeah. But in order to do that. Good thing they weren't like him or he wouldn't be dead. Man, Studio 54, that's just a whole episode. Well, he own. hired a guy named Danoia. And um, Danoia's job was to teach the dancers how to basically dance. Danoia was, was a choreographer. Yeah. yeah. And he was a, he was a, what he, he was a self, he was a, what did he had? Academy Awards? Yeah, he had a background in entertainment. He had been a television producer at one point in his yeah. life and eventually used those talents to bargain into. Yeah, I mean, he was, he's been around the, the block. Business. He was yeah. a professional. He was the guy that he needed to grow the business. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to do it. He said actually that he, um, he, he thought it was trashy and beneath him and he didn't want to do it. But then when, uh, Benergy offered half of the, the royalties. Yep. And then, uh, I guess part of the, t- the gate, the ticket, whatever, uh, whatever the ticket prices were, uh, he was all, he was all in after that. And he hired a professional and the professional was very professional about it. And so much so he got jealous of him. Yeah, he did. Extremely jealous of yeah. him because well, the Chippendale dancers started referring to him as Mr. Chippendale mm-hmm. instead of. And Banerjee was, he was jealous. Big time jealous. He's like, I am Mr. Chippendale. Hey, yeah. <laughs> hey buddy. Um, and the thing is, Banerjee was so jealous. There were other clubs that were like, hey, I'm going to start doing this. And no, you like, ain't, son. No. no. Firebomb number one. That's, That's right. right. He That's started exactly firebomb right. number firebombing two. them. Firebombing. Right. Now, look, we're not just going to beat the shit out of you. We're just going to burn the whole mother to the ground. Not not, not starting bad rumors about the club. No, yeah. no, no. We're going to set the bitch on fire. He made friends with a, a struggling musician, Ray Cologne, and uh, Ray Cologne. Uh, he was the strong arm. Yeah, he was the strong arm, and he's actually one that did the, did the firebombs in the two clubs. And then he burned down Moody's Disco Club in 79. And the Red Fucking Onion. Why in the 85. Red Onion? Why the Red Onion? I mean. Can we just not leave? The Red Onion is the better onion. <laughs> it is. It really is. It actually is, actually. Yeah. Pickled Red Onions on a sandwich? All about it. So. Salad? Um, he, yeah. He uh, he actually told, Banerjee was talking to his dancers and he was mad. And uh, he was like, uh, I'm going to kill that motherfucker uh, talking about Denoya. <laughs> Nick Denoya, that's yeah. a hell of a damn. Like he's got to be a he's got to be Italian. Forget about it. Oh, forget him. For, like forget that, about man. it. You know he is. Uh, and actually, he orchestrated a hitman, and uh, they came into the office, and uh, he walked into Denoya's office and shot him in the face, and then he ran away. Um, so the police, the FBI, got involved, and everybody was trying to figure out what was going on. They all kind of had an idea that Banerjee was behind it. But they didn't have any evidence. And the shooter was unknown. Like yeah, they, at the time, Cologne actually hired someone to help him. His name was Gilberto. Is that Strawberry? Rivera. Mr. Strawberry. Yeah. Strawberry. Mr. Strawberry. So Rivera's the actual, he's actually the one that fires the shot. He poses as a delivery man and then pulls a gun, shoots him right in the old kissa. Right in the cheek. Yeah. They actually had hired another guy. They could not link those two fuckers to, to Banerjee. No, they no. couldn't. And uh, he made sure he stayed clean of those two. He was yeah. just feeding them cash, I suppose. He, uh, they actually had hired another guy first because what what was going on was, I think uh, Denoya was trying to get away from Banerjee because they just fought all the time about money, and Banerjee always was accusing Denoya of like cheating him out of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Denoya was trying to make it a legit kind of dance yeah, yeah, situation. legit business. Like he was building a brand. With yeah, it. and he so, did. So Denoya tried to remove himself from it, and he was going to start out another rival troop called Adonis, and it was going to be the same thing. When he did that, Banerjee lost millions of dollars. And when he lost me, he actually forced him into bankruptcy when he did that. And so, yeah, but here's the thing, though, in that whole, when he's, he opens Adonis, he opens it across the pond. He's not even trying to. Not only that, but the dancers really, really, really liked him. Yeah, yeah. and they went over with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They didn't, yeah. yeah. They, they didn't think f- they were dealing with a skis ball. Right. He had, he had, um, he had got with Cologne. They had set up this whole thing. Uh, he had given him cyanide. He gave him a list of names and instructions to go to England to kill these two guys. 
to kill uh, Denoya and another guy. But the hitman got cold. That was uh, that was actually Mr. Strawberry. He got Strawberry. cold. He got cold feet and uh, did not. Uh, he went didn't to, do went it. Went to the FBI. He did. Do it. He went to the FBI. And once he did that, that blew. Once Denoya was killed. That Mr. Strawberry went to the FBI, mm-hmm. and that's what opened the case up. I think Mr. Strawberry was Lynn Bressler, and he's the one that was supposed to knock two of Adonis's business managers off, Steve White, and according to them, the Chimmendales turncoat red Scott in the back of the head was something heavy before he injected him with cyanide, and he was going to do this for a mere twenty-five grand. Twenty-five grand, yeah. He paid him twelve up front, or what was it, twelve thousand five hundred up front, and then at the time after the murder, he gave him his other twelve thousand five hundred. He's this guy had a uh, cologne. The FBI got in on cologne. They, uh, Mr. Strawberry wore. Uh, they actually did a um, wiretap on the phone. Yeah, I was gonna say Bressler is actually an informant for the DEA. You don't. Yes. He didn't. He didn't look on Indeed. No, he did not. <laughs> He sure as shit didn't. No. He didn't look at his, his previous employers. Uh-uh. So when the FBI goes to Cologne, uh, he's shocked that they're there because they thought they had such a ironclad you know plan that nobody would ever infiltrate it. Yeah, um, they actually approach Red Scott and tell him, look, dude, they're going to kill They're trying to kill you, but we want you to wire the, wear, wear this, this wire. wire. <laughs> How about you suck one? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. and they probably would have got away with it if the hitman didn't get cold feet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If the, if the first guy would have just went through with it, they probably never would have known what had happened. Right. I um, couldn't prove it anyway. Cologne, uh, FBI goes to Cologne's house. Uh, they start doing a thorough investigation, and they find enough cyanide to kill 230 people in this guy's house. I don't um, know how much that is. Uh, is that a lot? Yeah. Uh, from uh, what I can gather. I mean, ounce-wise, is yeah, it a lot? Yeah, right. because from what I can gather, the old-timey spy movies with the fake tooth and stuff that's not but like maybe five milligrams yeah so yeah. you're talking 250 people you're what are you looking at a thousand ounces maybe i don't know i'm not good on that conversion i'm not either thing. i'm not i'm not even looking it up I just so buy it in a bag it. yeah and yeah. Uh, no <laughs> i just injected in my pets <laughs> um so once uh, Cologne's in jail, he finally agrees to help the authorities uh, solve the uh, unsolved Chippendale murder uh, of uh, Nick Denoya. Uh, you know, it goes into this whole thing, and they all kind of always knew that uh, uh, Banerjee uh, was was the guy. And uh, well, all the all the dancers knew the one he was the one they not pulling the trigger, but he was the guy. They saw the because they said that. Banerjee and the guy he killed, what was his, the, uh, his partner, what was his name? Denoya. Denoya. Yeah, Denoya. I mean, the dancers even said they would be screaming matches in each other's face. Over money. Over money mm-hmm. in front of everybody. Yeah. So it was obvious. But the dancers knew it, but they couldn't prove it. Cologne actually met Banerjee in Switzerland, and I guess Banerjee was like, hell, we're in Switzerland. And he even just, like, verbally vomited and discussing his involvement in killing Denoya, the scheme to shut down Adonis, everything. And I don't, it's just, and then, of course, he, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, before uh, before uh, Cologne was arrested, uh, actually, Banerjee and Cologne met in June 23rd, 1992, in an IHOP bathroom, which goes to show there's nothing good going on at IHOP. Nope. No. Banerjee refused to say anything out loud, and when Cologne asked him questions, old buddy would just write his shit. He'd write his answers down on a post-it note, yeah. and then once the once they read it, read it, they tear it up and flush it down the toilet. He didn't eat it, no, or Inspector Gadget. This office was self-destruct in ten seconds. He, so, hey, I know a guy one time got a phone number, memorized it, and then ate it. Really? Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of sketchy. We the were all hell doing, did he do that for? We were all doing shots at the key. Oh well, that well that well. just explains it all. There you go. Uh, Banerjee even demanded that Cologne strip down in the bathroom, hey! uh, not not for a lap dance, but just to see if he was wearing a wire. Um, Cologne did it, but he managed to conceal it in a flap of his underwear or the flap of his butthole. I don't know. Uh, still, authorities got nowhere with the investigation because all no, well, of, hold on, hold on. all the audio was, I was garbled. The same thing. How can you? How can you wire yourself? Naked? Just be. He's just got tidy whities on, most likely, and he's hiding a wire. 
that's got to be some uh, James Bond shit that he had on, because uh, not in the movies. They Q, got, you, Q you look, can you explain how I hide my uh, my wire in the folds of me? Oh yeah, in the movies you look like you got a fucking uh, a telephone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you got you got shit stuck to your chest and all that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how's he hiding it? Just in a, I don't know. But yeah, they, they they'll can't, never know. They pop, can't, pop, pop, pop. Yeah, they can't use it. Yeah, that's what happens to your ass now. Um, they can't use any of the information because it was garbled. Uh, there was way too much. Uh, it sounded like a scratching pencil. And that's because he was flopping the old German helmet off of the mic. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> uh, the FBI, they're un, undeterred. They tried again. Uh, they had Cologne convinced that Banerjee was a fugitive on the run, and Banerjee apparently bought the story and agreed to meet with uh, with him in uh, Switzerland. Um the agents were listening to the walls, and Banerjee was much more forthcoming with his information at that time. Uh, and then they heard Banerjee confess uh, to hire Ray Cologne for the murder of Denoya. They talked about attempted murders of Reed Scott and other dancers, uh, and they were able to get all the evidence they needed. So here's what's crazy. If you're like a criminal mastermind, there's two things you don't do. You don't talk about your crimes, and you don't admit to anything. If you're a smart criminal mastermind. Banerjee was like vomiting. Yeah. Yeah, he was. And it would have been real different. And he hired the wrong people. Yeah. It a bunch been, of dummies. He hired those two guys that couldn't swim. No, he kidnapped yeah. that woman. No, he and hired, drowned in the moat. He hired the two guys that was going to be on the second episode of Cool Running. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Did only you, person he hired correctly was that professional choreographer yeah that, that, made, that, made that was millions. his only good move and but then he couldn't get along with him yep and Here's then he wanted him thing. killed then he then he hired bad people short of that him short of that guy touching children i don't care what you do if you're making me millions i mean yeah yeah exactly yeah. Uh, but yeah. but he didn't like that the focus was coming off of him and to the choreographer all the dancers and everybody there yeah, started but, liking him a yeah, lot more that's what the whole thing was and then he got it's jealousy like a scorned yeah. woman yeah so banerjee exactly pl- actually right. pleads guilty to racketeering murder for hire and a couple of arson charges he managed to get a few concessions in the plea deal and was only looking at 26 years but guess what he had to give up his state he punched his own clock yeah yeah on october the 23rd of 1994 Banerjee takes a bed sheet and a hook that's in his cell that you would hang your coat on, wraps a bed sheet around his neck and squats down until it cuts the circulation off and he commits suicide. And everybody felt cheated because yeah, of course they did because they wanted him to you know they wanted to see justice served. But this is how it goes with a lot of these goofballs. He was a selfless family man. He actually in the plea deal made sure that everything. With the Chippendales, his interest, everything. He wouldn't get a dime, but it all went to his wife. And then he relinquishes ownership at the sentencing before he kills himself. Mm-hmm. And, and he sets her up. He just, like like Aaron Hernandez did before he killed himself in prison. It's almost the same thing. Yeah. He set his people up before he died. Yep. Which I still think they should take all that money and pay restitution to the families. So of course, it's yeah. so it's so weird. That's a that, hard that story. Was so weird. Even it's a the, hard story to follow too. And man. then the yeah. and then even the weird the relationship he had while he was in prison with that guy. And man, it's just weird. It was, story, Aaron Hernandez. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we need we definitely. You know what? Uh, and I'll say this. We'll tease it. We are going to do a podcast on that actual Florida football team and the and the players that was on that team with Irvin Meyer. Uh, and uh, Tim, got, Tebow, Tim Tebow, Aaron Hernandez. We got Jesus's right hand man. We got a, a womanizer. We yep. got a murderer. Yep. And there's a, a couple drug other dealer. guys. Yeah. 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 Was Cam Newton on that team at one time? Yeah. At one time he was. He was. He was on that team, but he was only there for one year. Over some laptop, something. He something. bought. Yep. He bought a, a stolen, stolen laptop. He bought That's a stolen laptop. So then, if when he hadn't get, thrown it out the window, I think he would have been okay. He would have been fine. Yeah, but he panicked. He tried to hide it. He yep. panicked. He yep. flung it. He flung it out if the window. Just, if and he, he just went and stole some crab legs, he'd have been fine. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah he, a lot of people. He'd be playing for miss, the Saints right now. A yeah. lot. Of, a lot of people yeah. are, misunderstand that story. They think that Cam stole a laptop. Well, buying a a hot laptop is like stealing. I get it. Yep. I do. I understand that part. He didn't technically steal it. He received stolen goods. Yeah. 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 So somebody came up to him and said, hey, I got a laptop for $50. He bought it. And knowing it was hot, but he probably didn't ask questions. They come looking for it. He knew why they were come looking for it. He He panicked. He panicked. He made a mistake. He transferred out, started over, and one history. 
He won one. To wrap, he his, won more than one. He won. He he won a, a national championship at junior college, and then he won a national championship at uh, Auburn, and he got, then he went to the Super Bowl in NFL. But he didn't. Nobody's going to beat that Denver team that year. No, no. he uh, he got Gus Malzahn a head job. Yeah, he did. yes, he did. Yes, he did. So. To wrap this one up, you got Banerjee. Uh, his suicide stunned the conclusion of the Chippendale murder saga. Uh, it's highlighted uh, a sh- the shocking truth that the Chippendales, a franchise based on fun, sex, and dancing, uh, Magic was, Mike, was full of uh, arson, betrayal, and murder. So yeah, so yeah, man, that's uh, that's gonna that's gonna do it for this episode. What all the idiots? Um, it's kind of a half and half. Yeah, I appreciate it, good. Burn this mother to the ground. Yeah. Yes, right. Hey, I appreciate y'all uh, uh, just being who you are. Let's, yeah. talk, let's uh, mention uh, our new podcast. Oh, we just got kicked yeah, off. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Section 706. I uh, just had the first episode. Chip uh, went in there and did se- Selection Sunday. So take a listen to that. March Madness is kicking off. Selection um, Section 706. Yep. Sports podcast. Yep. It's, it's only it on Spotify right now. We are working to get it out to the other platforms, but make sure that you look for it on Spotify. And next week we drop a live episode. Yeah. Get your bets Woo. in, people. He's got some good picks out there, so get your bets in. We got a lot of sports stuff to talk about. Everybody take care of yourself and check on your people and just be good human beings. Amen. That's all I got. All right. Later. Later. Later.